0: Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. March 10th, 2021. AMC Theatres shares dramatically overvalued, initiating with sell and one cent price target. We love the movies and we love going to see a movie in a movie theater ever since experiencing Superman at the Port Jefferson Theater on Long Island in December 1978. Not to age ourselves. In fact, we suspect movie theaters will be around for decades to come, especially with parents looking for ways to get away from their kids and kids looking for ways to get away from their parents. The future of movie going is not in doubt. The future of AMC theaters, however, is very much in doubt, with its current stock price dramatically overvalued. There is a substantial disconnect between the future of aggregate movie theater attendance and in turn AMC's earnings power relative to its current enterprise value and over levered capital structure. In 2019, pre-pandemic, AMC generated adjusted EBITDA of $771 million. We will ignore 2020 and 2021 earnings given the impact of theater closures and consumer health concerns about going to the movies related to the ongoing but improving COVID-19 pandemic. As we think about our 2022, we have difficulty believing that adjusted EBITDA can meaningfully exceed $600 million. Mass policies may deter some moviegoers and not all segments of the population will be eager to sit in theaters next to people of whom they do not know the vaccination status. But the elephant in the room is the shattering of theatrical release windows with dramatically shorter release windows between theatrical and various forms of home entertainment and a year plus of getting so much content in the home, including new movies, not to mention a continued steep ramp in straight to SVOD movies. We believe forecasting 2022 domestic AMC emissions per screen down high single digits versus 2019 and international AMC admissions per screen flat versus 2019 is aggressive. It honestly feels like it could be meaningfully worse. Based on our estimates, AMC is trading at over 15 times 2022 adjusted EBITDA, with EBITDA in secular decline from that point forward, with effectively no free cash flow and debt to EBITDA at over eight times. LightShed's 2022 estimates, 435 million diluted shares outstanding, 5 billion of net debt, and 617 million of adjusted EBITDA. We are initiating coverage with a sell rating and 12-month price target of one penny, based on 8.2 times 2022 adjusted EBITDA. Even eight times feels overly generous, given AMC's dire long-term outlook. Even if AMC generates 600 million of EBITDA in 2022, it still has over $400 million of interest expense from its eight times leverage. And while it has slashed capital expenditures to about $30 million per quarter during the pandemic, it feels like maintenance capex is at least $200 million, let alone having to catch up on spending deferred during the pandemic along with deferred rent. The end result is a company with eight times leverage and no free cash flow. If attendance fails to rebound, as we expect, not to mention declines long-term as release windows shrink and consumer behavior evolves. We suspect AMC will need to issue even more equity in the future, meaningfully diluting current equity holders to stay afloat. Is it possible that consumers are so eager to get out of the house throughout all of 2022 that movie going temporarily surges back with AMC domestic and international attendance rebounding all the way back to 2019 levels? Despite the issues mentioned above, it implies EBITDA north of 2018's $929 million. Of course that's possible. But even then, AMC would be trading at five times EBITDA, with EBITDA likely to decay at an even more rapid rate post-2022. In turn, the absolute best case appears to be that AMC is fairly valued today, with an exceedingly high probability that it is dramatically overvalued at current levels. Also worth considering that if AMC were able to get back to 2019 adjusted EBITDA of $770 the stock would be trading at almost seven times 2022, which also feels aggressive. Why the movie theater business will never be the same. Pre-COVID-19 pandemic, domestic movie admissions, attendance, and admissions per capita had been in slow, secular decline, as shown in the MPAA chart embedded below, albeit it fluctuated meaningfully year to year based on the appeal of the content. Going to the movies was simply less and less compelling, as consumers had more entertainment choices at home and on the go. Movie going was increasingly becoming an event experience tied to the biggest action adventure films, mostly superhero based, aka Marvel, with the top 10 films representing nearly 40% of domestic box office of 11.3 billion in 2019. U.S. admissions and U.S. and Canada admissions in 2010 were 1.34 billion and were down to 1.24 billion in 2019, as shown in the chart embedded below. As theaters reopen post-pandemic and consumer safety concerns dissipate, we expect a surge in interest to return to movie theaters, especially for high-profile action-adventure films among younger consumers. The unknown is how long that initial surge will last and how different segments of the movie-going population will respond to an improving global health outlook. Bear in mind 15% of tickets sold in 2019 were consumers over the age of 60. Also worth considering that consumers are craving social interaction post-pandemic, from gathering in goops, to concerts, to dinners together, sitting in a dark movie theater. Post-pandemic, watching a movie seems a bit less compelling than other reopening activities. Ultimately, health concerns and mask policies will disappear. But the longer they last, the more consumers will become accustomed to watching movies at home at little to no incremental cost. We believe the past year has fundamentally changed the future of movie going. When you read the four quotes below from the executives that run or oversee four of the largest Hollywood studios, Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount and Universal Studios representing 70% of 2019 domestic box office, it is hard to comprehend how 2022 movie theater missions could rebound anywhere near 2019 levels. First, Bob Chapic, the Walt Disney Company's CEO, on March 1st, 2021.
1: Well, I, I, think, I think with our three options for commercializing content, one is being you go straight to theatrical and then windowed, as you suggest, uh, to the service. Option two is obviously doing a premiere access, which is a day and date with theatrical, and option three is going direct to the service. I think within that conceit, we're going to continue to evaluate, given the recovery that's at hand, uh, but I think the consumer, uh, is probably more impatient than they've ever been before, particularly mm-hmm. since now they've had the luxury of an entire year of getting titles at home, you know, pretty much when they want them. And, uh, so I'm not sure there's going back, but we certainly don't want to do anything like cut the legs off a theatrical exhibition run. Uh, but I, I don't think the consumer, again, we like to let the consumer be our guide in almost all situations. And I don't think they'll have much of a tolerance for, you know, a title say, being out of theatrical for months, yet it hasn't had its chance to actually be, you know, thrown into the marketplace in another distribution channel, just sort of sitting there getting dust.
0: Next up, Jason Kylar, Warner Media's CEO, March 4th, 2021
2: mind I'm, I'm only speaking for ourselves uh and so everybody's gonna have a different opinion bob chapik's gonna have a different opinion uh, from 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 the rest of the crew in the industry and so i can only speak for myself Ben, in terms of my prognostications mm-hmm. I, I i do tend to agree with bob chapik when he says that geez, It's hard to imagine going back to 2015 in terms of the windows that existed in theatrical and then other things that happened after theatrical but i think everybody knows that already and i think people have appreciated that and understand that. Um, at the end of the day, this is ultimately about making sure that we're putting the seeds in place for a very healthy and robust business that can last for another 100 years, as a number of us are coming up on the 100-year anniversary of these great companies. Um, so I, I still think we're in the experimentation mode, at least that's my observation of, of a number of folks uh, doing various things. Um, I suspect that as we get to the second half of 2021, you're going to start to see some more visibility for what's going to happen in 2022. Um, yeah. uh, but I do echo what, what I heard Bob say uh, at this conference uh, a couple of days ago, which is, it sure feels like, you know, it's not going to go back to 2015. It doesn't seem like to me. Um, but uh, again, I can only speak for ourselves.
0: Next, Bob Backish, Viacom CBS's CEO, February 24th, 2021.
3: Very excited about the film offering we're bringing to consumers under Paramount+. Plus. Um, it's uh, multifaceted and robust. Part of that offering is uh, enabled by us getting access to the Paramount uh, Pay One uh, product through this uh, new deal we have with Ethics. Um, we will uh, basically have two different models there. There will be a subset of titles, um, including A Quiet Place Part 2, uh, and Mission Impossible 7 uh, in 2021, and then there'll be additional titles in 22 and 23. Those titles will have a short theatrical run, exclusive theatrical run, where they'll go 45 days, and then on day 45 we'll go to Paramount Plus, uh, where they will uh, reside for a while, and then later on, uh, Epics will pick them up. There'll be another set of titles uh, where Epics has them first, uh, the window won't be quite that short, and then Paramount will pick them up. We do believe uh, two things. We believe in uh, the value of theatrical, particularly for pictures like a Mission Impossible or a Top Gun, you know, really big screen experiences. Uh, but we also believe the consumer um, is interested in, in titles earlier on streaming. And we believe uh, that's a, an important proposition uh, for us to supply. So um, that is the direction we're going. Um, and, and we think it's going to work out well.
0: And lastly, Jeff Shell. NBC Universal CEO on December 8th, 2020.
4: Um, what is clear about the film business is while the rest of the entertainment business evolved in a rapid way across the world, the film business really stayed stuck in the mud on the traditional kind of windowing basis. And so, so what naturally happened was you have a whole segment of people who love movies who you know, either don't go to the movie theater as often as they could, don't have a babysitter, can't afford it, prefer to watch things at home this way. And we did not serve as a movie industry. We did not serve those customers on the table. So I've always been a big believer that, in two things, John. One, and you and I have talked about this before. One, I think theatrical is a critical part of the movie business, right? What makes movies movies is their events, and what makes an event is that you can actually get in your car and drive somewhere and watch something on a big screen with great sound the way that directors and filmmakers had had meant for you to see the property. Right. But there is also going to be this growing segment of the population. We already watch movies in other windows downstream on your you know, device. There's going to be a growing segment that wants to watch movies in a non-premium way, which is at home. And I, I think that theatrical will continue to thrive. And I think that the more windows can collapse, so there's other ways to see things at home and in a less premium fashion, um, the more money is going to be made, you know, by everybody involved in the movie business. And it's better for consumers. So, you know, anything that, in my opinion, um, collapses windows, I've been pretty outspoken, I think is going to add value to the whole uh, business.
0: The clear message from all four media executives you just heard from is that they want movie exhibition to continue, but they recognize the importance of listening to consumers and shrinking sequential release windows to get movies into the home faster. Putting the consumer first versus the legacy business model is a huge step in the right direction for legacy media companies that have never cared much for what consumers want. Every legacy media company has made direct-to-consumer streaming a top priority, yet they are all trying to balance their legacy business models with driving streaming subscribers. As each legacy media company realizes how hard SVOD is to grow subs and keep subs, mitigate churn, they will recognize the importance of new movies direct to SVOD with little to no window. Netflix understands this, Amazon understands this, after trying to play nice with movie exhibitors, and now Apple TV Plus understands it as well. All three are significantly increasing their investment in new movie production with windows likely to be zero to 30 days at the most. We suspect it would be zero or day and date for all of them on every film, if not for certain movie talent still desiring a window. While legacy media is largely not ready for day and date outside of Warner Brothers, they will all get there. It is simply a matter of when, not if. Note, three of the four biggest drivers of S5 gross editions in 2020 for legacy media s services came from direct to s Hamilton Disney Plus and Greyhound Apple TV Plus and day and date SVOD with theatrical, Wonder Woman 1984, HBO Max, as shown in the antenna chart that Matthew Ball tweeted out recently. We believe the quote unquote right movie strategy is to give consumer choice. If they want to see a movie at home, provided at no extra cost as part of an SVOD platform, if they want to see it on the big screen in a movie theater, let them buy a ticket and go to a theater. See our comments following WarnerMedia's shift late last year. A certain percentage of consumers will continue to go to theaters to see movies and more consumers overall will see each film, with far greater efficiency to marketing spend. The movie exhibition business will survive. It will just be far smaller than it is today, with 10,000 or less screens versus the current 40,000 plus screens in the U.S. Companies with stronger balance sheets such as Cinemark are likely to survive. Others, like AMC, are unlikely to be as fortunate. Most importantly, Legacy Media will build SVOD businesses that are far more valuable than their historic film studio businesses, as we detailed in our New Math blog post back in September 2020. Collapsing windows is step one to getting to day-and-date theatrical and SVOD. With an increasing array of movies going direct to SVOD and release windows before PVOD or SVOD shrinking to 17 to 45 days depending on the studio and specific movie, versus the pre-pandemic norm of 75 days before EST and 90 days before rental DVD, it appears more than reasonable to believe that there will be some degree of cannibalization compared to pre-pandemic box office trends. Simply put, as consumers return to theaters beyond an initial burst of excitement to see anything and everything out of the home, we believe they are likely to be far more selective in what they pay to see in a theater, given far greater in-home content availability. Forecasting domestic admissions per screen for AMC down 8% in 2022 versus 2019 appears generous, even with some degree of market share gains from smaller theater chains that may not survive the pandemic. Abbreviated model and valuation. Our one penny, one year price target is based on eight times 2022 adjusted EBITDA of 612 million, with AMC currently trading at over 15 times 2022 adjusted EBITDA. Note We are using shares outstanding of $435 million and net debt of $5 billion, equating to a current enterprise value of $9.5 billion. A detailed model is available upon request. Risks to our price target and valuation. Movie attendance returns and sustains at a level significantly greater than 2019, raising EBITDA to record highs. Studios do not maintain and expand upon significant window changes post pandemic. AMC is able to continue working out relaxed debt rent terms, pushing large cash outlays further out and delaying potential bankruptcy. Exhibitors are able to pivot the business in an unforeseen and non-traditional way that creates new revenue streams, increasing cash flow.